Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome back to our next chapter podcast here at the Marion Public Library. Today is very special and ongoing as we have new people, new uh, new staff who have joined the podcast. It is not just Sue anymore. I know you guys are all like, oh my God, we don't get to get Sue's trivia game anymore, but that's okay. We have Laura, who's our children and family services library assistant, and Sam, who is the teen services library assistant. Laura, you've been here for... 21 years. Yep. It's been a while. Going going on 22 in September, I think is what you said. Yep. And Sam, you've been here for almost six months. We're we're almost there. So <laughs> Sam was just joking with me before the podcast, before we started recording that she's ready to get to the benefits side of everything. Oh so. yeah. We got old news and fresh meat on the podcast today. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, we're still going to cover a very similar routine here um, with Laura and Sam today. So um, they're actually Sue in the last chapter, chapter one, by the way, welcome back to season two. We're in chapter two here. Um, Sue covered the kind of upcoming books for 2022, and Sam and Laura are going to cover their favorites from 2021. Um, And just looking through their list, I think you guys have like eight books combined today, which I know the listeners are going to love because my wife already says like, this is her favorite part of the podcast is when other people talk and not me. So this will be really good. I think people are really going to enjoy listening to the books that you guys have. So we'll get through your guys' favorites. I'll cover some building updates. Not much has changed from chapter one, but just want to keep you guys updated. We'll talk about a decent amount of programming that's coming up in the next few months. We'll do our renowned trivia game, not with Sue this time, but with Sam and Laura. So I don't know if it's competitive or if it's a combined score. We'll determine that. Um, And then at the end of it, anything else that Laura and Sam kind of want to discuss, we'll just go through that. So let's kick it off. Either one of you, favorites of 2021, your books. Sure. You want me to go first, Sam? Yeah. All right. Well, with being children and family services, like a lot of the books that I work with are for a really wide audience. They're going to be all the way from your littlest learners up to about sixth grade. And then, of course, they're caregivers. So parents, grandparents, daycare providers, teachers. And so a lot of what we do is instead of matching you to your reading level, it's more finding you your perfect book. And these ones are going to be just great for a bunch of different ages. And one of the ones that I want to start off with first is one of the many questions that we get in the library, which is, I've got a beginning reader. You know, they're just starting to read chapter books or just starting to read on their own. It's still a little tough for them. What do you recommend? And one of the books of 2021 that came out and it got just blasted with great reviews is The Kids of Cattywampus Street. And it's by Lisa Jean Clow. And that name is really hard to spell, so (laughs) it's best if you look up the kids of Cattywampa Street. But it's 11 short stories about kids that all grow up in this neighborhood, specifically around a toy store. And it's very similar to, like, sideways stories from Wayside School. Um, It got a ton of reviews that it's very much like Roald Dahl's, you know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, Lemony Snicket, the author, came back Mm -hmm. and said it's a fabulous book. And the nice thing about it is that they're they're little bite-sized stories about these kids, and they all kind of interlace with each other, but they all kind of focus around this toy store. And there's illustrations throughout the book, so if you've still got kiddos that are kind of heavy into the picture book element, you know, they're a little sensitive to too many words on a page, this is that great, you know, step towards early chapter books. And so if you've got a reader at home that you're just starting to 
go down that reading path, this was a great one to pick up for them. And as an adult, I thought it was hilarious to do that as a read aloud. Yeah, I was reading through a lot of the reviews. As you guys know, I like to look at Goodreads and just kind of see what people have to say about it. And man, like the amount of like five star reviews for this book um, and a lot of adults that have read it, um, but left reviews and said, like, if I was a kid, um, this is what Dan says here. He says, these stories were fun. I think it's more important to keep publishing short stories for kids. I remember stories being my favorite genre when I was a kid. They gave me a sense of accomplishment when I could finish reading even the shortest of them. And the ones in this book are exactly what I would have devoured at the age of seven. Yeah, I would say that, and this is a you know good hint for grownups. If you're getting asked to go into the schools this fall for America Reads Day, where you go and read to your kids' classes, this is going to be one of those books that I'm going to push to anybody that's going to read to like first, second, third grade. Yeah. Because they're short little bite-sized stories. You could read one, two, three, whatever your time is. And they're going to just appeal to every kid that just needs to hear something for that 10, 15 minutes. And they're just gold. Like yeah. this is going to be one of those great books for America Reads. Yeah. I think the reason it gets a lot of kind of press too, and a lot of people are excited about it is the attention span. We talk about that sometimes where it's really short with like children these days and mm -hmm. to have shorter stories where it's not so long drawn out. And it's like, I got to read this, this, and this tonight. Absolutely. Having that short story. I'm sure that's why it's gained. It's like popular success so wildly. Yeah. There's a reason that War and Peace is a, is a, wonderful classic but there's also a reason why it's not on the bestseller list yep. like those big long tomes are very good and they're deserving of being read but if you're looking for something that's got staying power and backing its punch this is a great one for those kids awesome the kids at Katie wampus street yes love it gotta go get it awesome and then of course if you've got an older reader this next book uh, I can't say enough about Jason Reynolds. That man, anything he touches turns to gold. I don't know how many books that he's written for middle grade and high school, junior high, teens, but like every book he writes, it's nominated for awards. It's winning awards. He's showing up on interviews on NPR. He's got all these accolades from the American Library Association. And so his book that came out in 2021 is called Stump Boy in the Meantime. And it's about this wonderful kid. I believe he's 10. And he lives in an apartment complex with his mom and dad. And he's dealing with emotions that all children have and they don't necessarily have the tools to adjust to. So he has created a fantasy life where he is a superhero. And his superpower is keeping secrets. Now, this is both a good thing and a bad thing because he has all these secrets of his neighbors. They all have superhero personas in his mind, but he also has secrets of his own that no kid should have to keep. And so if you've got a kiddo that's feeling these, these big feelings, you know, whether it's depression, anxiety, um, not feeling like they're fitting in, Jason Reynolds is great at creating these stories that just speak to kids on a level that they're not used to getting talked to, but they desperately need. And so even grownups, I, I can't recommend reading Jason Reynolds enough. Like yeah. he's so fabulous. And a lot of times he's also narrating his books. If you can pick it up in audio, oh, do it. it it's so, so good. And I can't say enough about it. It's such a great book. Jennifer from Goodreads says, uh, I have come to believe that every book written by Jason Reynolds <laughs> needs to be read by every person in the world, which to Lara's point, I think is true. Yeah. 
You so, can't go wrong. <laughs> right. She says, there is so much content in this inconspicuous, amazing graphic novel. The illustrations are so fun. It is written for every person who has ever felt anxiety about anything. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's one of those books that needs to exist. It needs to be promoted. It needs to be shouted from the rooftops because it's something that everybody experiences, but doesn't necessarily have the tool set to handle yet, especially with kids. They are feeling things right now that we as adults don't know how to handle. Yeah, all these new emotions just from like COVID and everything we've gone through in the past few years. And it's like to feel that. I mean, to think of how old we all are and then as a kid to experience that and not know how to express that type of emotion, especially to your parents or your significant, you know, that's tough. The big thing is, you know, you need to feel like you're in control of at least one part of your life and nobody feels like they're in control of anything right now. I don't think so. So having this, this kid, this main character in this book, he just... He finds the one thing that he feels he can control and he fixates it, fixates on it. And okay, that's not necessarily a healthy coping mechanism, but it leads to some absolutely hilarious moments and some that are very good teaching moments. Yeah. So again, if, if you're interested in picking up a book to kind of get into the mindset of your kids, or if you're looking for a book that will speak to your kid in a way that you can't, you got to pick up Stunt Boy. It's so good. Plus, it's illustrated um, beautifully. It's almost graphic novel-y, but it's in a chapter book format. So if you want to go that route, that's a great way to get a kid involved in it. And the illustrator, who is Raul III, he's won a bunch of accolades for his illustrations as well. I mean, it's just you got to read it. It's one of those great books. Yeah, I think every other review that I read on Goodreads was about that illustrator mm-hmm. because they said it's just like phenomenal. And like you said, it's not like it's a whole like graphic novel, but I that's definitely my type of book where it like dices it up a little bit. It's not just words the entire time through, but there's some graphic sense there to just keep you interested and, oh, yeah. and help you relate a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, Jason Reynolds, he can do no wrong. So if you're looking for a great one, this is a great one. You awesome. got to pick it up. Well, check it out, guys. It's Stunt Boy in the meantime by Jason Reynolds. Do you want to jump to some older titles, Sam? Sure. Um, uh, one of the my favorite reads last year was called All These Bodies, which is jumping into true crime. Uh, and I love Kendare Blake. That's uh, such a good author. Um, it is um, based on, kind of loosely based on a real life true crime, um, which was... Charles Starkweather in, I believe, 1957 in the Lincoln area of Nebraska, which hey, is... shout out to your home state. <laughs> yeah. Well, not quite. Edge of my home state. Yeah. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. I lived in Council Bluffs, so that's yeah. just right there. The land of Nebraska, Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it kind of takes... Um, it more focuses on the girl that was with him um kind of in this book uh, based on it and it's a young girl who was found at a murder scene and she's covered from head to toe in blood oh gosh because (laughs) all of the victims have been drained of their blood which is kind of the supernatural element that comes into this story which is definitely not based on real reality but uh it adds something interesting to it um 
Okay, Sam, you're going to have to pass that book to me because <laughs> I'm like a true crime fan. It's interesting you're talking about this book, too, because I remember at one point in our season one, whatever chapter it was, Sue mentioned this book as like coming up. It was oh. like about to be released in like 2021. And I, she kept describing it. And I was like, oh my God, this is like so dark, you know, but like so interesting to keep a reader attached. Um, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're talking about this and like we're getting to review it a little bit more. I always yeah. joke around with parents because they're like, oh, Miss Lara, can you recommend me a good book? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> depends. How dark and twisted are uh-huh. you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is like, Miss Lara really likes true crime. It is <laughs> no basis on reality at all. Like, it's all good. I won't mm-hmm. I won't freak out. <laughs> so thank you for that recommendation, yeah. I Sam. like that it was kind of based on a real life uh, Free killer is what they called Charles Duckworther because he wasn't quite a serial killer. It was kind of over the course of a week or two. Yeah. Oh, gosh. He really flipped a switch, didn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. um, I did get a good review for this as well. It comes from Melissa. She says, this book was just excellent. A gripping story told from an unexpected angle put into a blender. Mid-century historical true crime police procedural. I don't know if I said that right. Procedural. Procedural. Mm, See, this nice. is why the girls are here to correct me. <laughs> Uh, coming of age in a small town, paranormal romance, and its ugly aftermath, bloody mystery, unreliable narrator. That's oh, yeah. Yes. That's oh, what yeah. she says. Yeah, the, the boy who is, like, telling this story is a wannabe reporter. So he's kind of telling it as a story. <laughs> Got to love an unreliable narrator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ugh, keep you on your toes. Awesome. So that's all these bodies. Very nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the next book I was going to talk about is one I haven't quite gotten around to reading yet, but it has exploded yeah. <laughs> everywhere. It's I can't believe how many awards this thing yes. is getting. Yes. Uh, the Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Boley, I believe. I think you're probably right. <laughs> and uh, it is it has won the Goodreads Choice Awards for YA, YA Fiction and... As Lara just sent me today, a Michael Prince Award. Yeah, it was nominated with the ALA uh, Youth Media Awards and actually won the Prince. So, yeah, that's fabulous. That's a big-time yeah, award. that's yep. huge. And then the William C. Morris Award as well. Oh, wow. So it is just blowing up, and it's great because it is a by a Native author. I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but she is uh, an enrolled member of the SALT I don't know what the S-T-E period Marie tribe. Oh, Sault Ste. Marie. Sault Ste. Marie of the Chippewa Indians. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Yes, that is. A native author. Yes. And I highly recommend grabbing it at the library now because the cover art, which, (laughs) welcome to a podcast where you don't get to see any of (laughs) it. Yeah, exactly. The cover art on this book is gorgeous. Yes, it is. And once it gets covered up with all these award stickers, you're not going to be able to see it. <laughs> That's so true. Make sure you come and get one of the yes. copies that we got now before we completely cover it up with all of its well-deserved accolades. Because right now, the only sticker on it is the Reese's YA Book Club. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, Reese Witherspoon, if you're a big fan of the Oprah Book Club, she's got one too. And this was one of her latest ones. I, I know that we couldn't keep the book on the shelf for a while. There's lots of copies in the library system yeah. in just about every format. It's so good. Yep. I mean, it's just, you can't even get your hands on it right now. Right. So put it on hold. Yeah, yes. exactly. I know. We definitely <laughs> talk about that when you guys recap all your books here. Anything that they've talked about currently or will talk about here, uh, you guys know these books go fast. People like stack up that holds list. So oh, yeah. you got to be the first one right after you listen to go put a hold on it. And I'm sure at that point, it's probably already got 10 <laughs> 
10Q, 20Q a hold. So. Yeah, what's that one about, Sam? Yes, this one is, it's kind of, it's defined as a mystery thriller. Um, apparently has really good, uh, well-written characters and themes of finding the balance in your community and family and dealing with some tough topics. So, so I don't know, trigger warning for some people. Uh, I mean, it deals with rape, drugs, racism, and death. Stuff that unfortunately is a part of a lot of teens' lives. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want more, I can always try and read a little bit from here. The yeah, let's hear the inside cover. That's like <laughs> the the first bites free kind uh-huh. of a thing. Like that's the catch, the ringer in. Eighteen-year-old uh, Donis Fontaine has never quite fit in, both in her hometown and on nearby the nearby OG. I am gonna butcher this. <laughs> Uh, Ojibwe Reservation. Ojibwa. Ojibwa, thank you. See, I just need to talk to you beforehand. (laughs) (laughs) She dreams of a fresh start at college, but when family tragedy tragedy strikes, Donis puts her future on hold to look after her fragile mother. The only bright spot is meeting Jamie, the charming new recruit on her brother Levi's hockey team. Mm. You got me there with hockey. (laughs) That's like my jam. I love that. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is uh, my final review that I got for the books that you guys have today um, for Firekeeper's Daughter. Fana says, a true genre bender with romantic and coming-of-age undertones stitched on the cultural canopy of a mystery-slash-thriller. A story defined by identity and written for those who belong. A tale that explores justice through a community, through a tired, smoky lens. Ooh. I love that review. Sounds very gritty. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that's got a little little tang to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I admire the people who can put it into words like that. Right? I know, right? I know. I was reading the review. I'm like, wow, that's better than I can speak any day of my life. All right, reviewer, when are you putting your book out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Send yeah. that one to us, too, at the library. <laughs> we'll put that on hold. Right. Yeah. And I think some of that is like another thing to remember as we're recommending children's and teens books we don't card you for what you're reading at the library. So whether you are two or 200, if any of these books sound good, read them. Right. It does not matter if you're an adult picking up kids and teens books. Some of the best books I've ever read were for kids and teens, and I didn't read them at that age. Right. So, yeah, I've now, by the way, if you're trying to get all these bodies, it'll be ready in three weeks after <laughs> I get done reading it. Um, but yeah, like a lot of my favorite books are YA, teen, middle grade, picture book. And it's just because they're so good. There's a special thing that authors can do where they can convey the point of a story in a way that reaches such a wide range of people. And I don't know how they do it. Writers are magic. And some of these are books that you just got to pick up. It doesn't matter what your age is. You just got to read them. Yeah, exactly. And I I know that I've been jabbering on about some of these books, but I do want to throw in, I know I'm usually getting to do all the fun story time stuff and we haven't been able to do it in a while. So when I find a picture book that I love, I have to scream it from the rooftops. <laughs> and there's two that came out in 2021. I haven't had a chance to use them in story times yet, but oh, believe me, they're coming. And um, the two books are Big Feelings by Alexandra Penfold, and the other one is Bodies Are Cool by Tyler Feeder. And what they are is they, again, speak to those 
bigger topics that kids need to know, but they do it in a way that isn't preachy. Um, the story is fabulous. The illustrations are great. They're inclusive. They're diverse. They're giving you a way to see yourself in the lens of a book that doesn't come off as you need to know this because you need to be a better person. Right. Instead, it's just a truly enjoyable book. And so if you get a chance, pick them up from the library. I guarantee you're going to love them. Your kids are going to love them. They're great for read alouds. And a uh, simple plug here, they are available through the cloud library, which Ooh. is one of our like e-resources. Yeah. So if you got, you know, a kiddo sitting in a waiting room or you're going on a trip and they got to keep quiet in that backseat, otherwise you're going to do the, don't make me pull this car over. Um, these are great ones. Download them. Your kids are going to love them. Yep. You're going to love them. They're a great way to save what mental health you have left. <laughs> yeah. Keep your kiddos happy. Give them a great book. These two are perfect for that. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Um, did you want me to talk about anticipated or? Absolutely. Yeah. If you've got any more books you want to talk about or anticipated for 2022, the stage is yours. Okay. Well, um, first I guess I'll talk about the other book I loved last year, which was called Better Than the Movies, um, which really takes rom-com tropes and puts them into a <laughs> YA book. I love it. Uh, about a girl who, uh. Her crush comes back to town, and she decides that she wants to win him with the rom-com tropes that she has learned from the movies, oh, and no. <laughs> she gets her enemy neighbor to help her with this. Oh, gosh. And then she develops some feelings for the enemy neighbor. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, calamity which another, ensues. Which is another rom-com trope. <laughs> and you can't see the cover, again, podcast, but it is covered in... All of these rom-com Oh, my God. Tropes. I can oh, see the so dirty true. dancing lift yep. holding the boombox over the head and gosh. say anything. Oh, my gosh. These are great. Uh, and even on the back, it says Bridget Jones and Mark Darcy, Harry and Sally, Tom Hanks and everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that true, though? So that is called Better Than the Movies by Lynn Painter. And, yeah, I just it's kind of like watching a rom-com. So it's kind of one of those easy reads that yeah. you just breeze right through and makes you feel happy oh my gosh that sounds like the perfect weekend read book where you're just like putzing away some easy hours you didn't get out of your pajamas that day you yeah. got a date with netflix that night <laughs> like that sounds like the perfect book yeah yeah i know i've got somebody at home who loves rom-com movies and books so maybe that's what i'm checking out for her later Go ahead and slide yes. that one towards blaine uh-huh. see yeah. you in three weeks book <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> perfect wow. And then my most anticipated read, which isn't coming out for a while, it comes out in November, but it is called Bloodmarked by Tracy oh. Dion. And she wrote the kind of hit book of 2020, which was Legendborn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she's finally coming out with a sequel in the end of the, at the end of the year, which is too far away in my opinion. <laughs> so if you haven't read Legendborn by Tracy Dion and you want to check out that book, uh, I would say get on the hold list for that one, too, because that one is almost never in. Yeah, Legendborn was that book that, like, every librarian touched at least 15 times in mm. 2020, but we never actually got to hold it <laughs> because it was, like, always on a hold list. It was always in a transit tote going yeah. to the next person. Yeah. You saw that book cover everywhere, but you never got to actually be like, oh, I should read that. No, yeah. it was like, oh, well, yeah. there it goes yeah. again. If you, if you like Arthurian legends, it kind of takes a twist on that and 
goes into uh, like kind of like back when uh, she's an African-American character. So turns out her ancestors were also magical, but um, in a different kind of way than the Arthurian magic. And then it also turns out that there's a lot of different (laughs) kinds of things going on that kind of meld together. (laughs) I love a good retelling. Yes. Like it's the standard story that you know, but it's not. Yes. Ah, good. I love it. (laughs) You know, one thing we haven't mentioned about all of these books, you talk about how YA is just becoming, and by the way, we mean young adult when we say YA Mm -hmm. um, or teen, whatever you want to call it. But um, TikTok has become the most like, free social media platform to promote an author's book if they want to do it or just again the best marketing is word of mouth oh, yeah. um, and, and trying to advocate for a book or movie or whatever it may be but yeah i think it's tiktok has made a huge impact on libraries because you see a book that maybe your favorite influencer is reading and you, then you go to like your holds list and it's like 59 people oh, in queue yeah. for that book. And so hashtag book talk. Yep, exactly. book talk. <laughs> yep it is book talk. So um, I know uh, when we put stuff on our TikTok, we try and get things out there as quick as possible when there's new releases. But man, some of them just are already swooped up because oh yeah, people see it online and they just snatch it up right away. So. Well, and it's one of those things that like when you like we all know branding. You know, you see your favorite chip bag and now you see that color and you're like, oh man, I want that chips. Those are so good. It's that same thing on book talk. Like you see that book title or that book cover come up three times in three days and you're like, darn, what's that book I need to get from the library? Yeah. And you go and check and realize everybody else had the same idea. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Even over the last couple of years at my other job that I was working at a high school library, there's so many teens that came out in that last like year saying, oh, I saw this book on TikTok. Do you have it? Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. And I can tell you right now, librarian secret, those books that are on book talk, check for them on Hoopla. Yeah. Because then you don't have a whole list. It's true. And it's like instantaneous. You can get it, fly through it. Because I guarantee if it's on book talk, you're going to love it. Yep. And yeah, it's a great way to sub-navigate that, yep, <laughs> that tenuous a, hold list. Great digital resource for us. And another thing too is like with the amount of publicity that these books are getting, you talk about the covers and the design. And I think like, again, it kind of ties into that short attention span, but something that can really like grasp the eyes of children and, and young teens um, and even into adults that gets like really, you know, I, like Suli was great last year, right? By John Grisham, but it was a pretty like, here's a sunset, here's the book, you know, and it's like, but adults know John Grisham or, or whoever likes to read it, but like these young adult books, like even this weekend in Barnes and Nobles, like you see like almost like the TikTok like stacks of books and it's like all these beautiful like pastel bright kind of colors that'll just catch your eye. It's it's interesting to see how like the covers change kind of like each decade, oh, like yeah. some new thing is happening. So it's really cool. Well, and the millennial in me goes, you know, Pokemon got to catch them all and taste the rainbow. I got to yeah. get all the colors. When you walk into a bookstore or a library and you see all that cover art and oh, you just, you want to go and like mess with it. You just want to like hoard it Mm -hmm. like a dragon. Yeah. And I feel that deep. (laughs) Right here. We do judge books by their covers. Yes, we do. (laughs) We definitely do. So it's if we read them and recommend them, that's the true gem. There it is. Absolutely. So. That's awesome. Well, I loved getting to learn about all of the books that you guys love through 2021. Um, if any of you guys listening love those books, just like Laura and Sam mentioned, definitely head to our website at marionpubliclibrary.org. You can place a hold immediately on these books. 
we know all these bodies is probably gone for the next three <laughs> weeks. But I'll try uh, to get through it fast, guys. Can, I promise. You can still place a hold and, and put it in your queue list. Um, so make sure you guys go and do that for any of the books that you like. As Laura mentioned as well, we got a bunch of digital resources out there where you can just go get the book um, instantaneously if you want to read that way. So just lots of options. But we always want to highlight that, that anything we just talked about, most likely going to gonna get a queue list kind of going for it. So oh, yeah. just, just keep that in mind. Awesome. Um, I'm just going to jump into some building updates. Again, there hasn't been much of a change from chapter one to what we're what you're listening to at chapter two now, but um, I'm just going to kind of run through what I talked about last time in case you missed it. So the second floor flooring is nearly completed. Um, and again, if you weren't aware, I did a, a virtual library tour. It's our final one that's on our YouTube channel. And um, you can see there's carpeting that's going in on the second floor. Um, we are so excited. We actually, as staff, get the keys very, very soon. I don't know if we're allowed to release that date, uh, but we get it very soon. Let's just put it that way. Mm -hmm. And the programming team, myself, and a few others are like the first to be in the building. So we are ecstatic to finally, finally get in this building. Um, oh, yeah. There's a lot of delays still for specific items that will maybe hinder a little bit of our opening date, but um, we're just really excited to get into that. Um, the second floor lighting install is complete. Looks gorgeous. Looks amazing. Uh, really helps brighten the space. Um, our second floor ceiling tile, that is also complete. The HVAC system is up and running, so that's going really well. It's not 10 degrees in the building anymore, so I appreciate that when filming virtual tours. <laughs> um, the first floor overhead rough-ins are nearly 95% complete. I know it was about 85% about two weeks ago, so they're, they're getting there. And the first floor painting, that's underway. The east elevator, it's operational. And the exterior doors are installed. So we are slowly but surely getting there. I will tell you that the two biggest delays are the steel or forged aluminum or whatever metal siding that's going on the outside in black. That is the most delayed thing at the moment, as well as our handrails. And the fun fact is, is we have to have handrails by code to open the building. So yep. um, start talking to the handrail people if you know a few because we need them and we're excited we want to get them so we can open for you guys so there's those are probably the two biggest things that are kind of holding us up and i'd like to say um especially like when we're supposed to get those items but we don't know uh they can't really tell us as you guys know everything's delayed um if you wanted something for valentine's day you probably needed to order it at halloween last year yeah. so um, and I can say as one of the klutzier members on staff, I'm not going to be helpful until I have a handrail. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to open the building with Ms. Lara in traction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, lots of good things are happening at the building. Um, again, the, the room that we're recording in right now that we've always recorded in, we stare kind of right at the building um, on the eastern side. And um, man, it's, it's weird because it seems like the outside's been done for quite a while now. And I knew that was going to happen, um, but it's like... What are they doing on the inside? So if you if you haven't had an opportunity to look, just check out our virtual tour. It's the final one, and then we're going to have our grand opening just in a few months here, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, we've been definitely having that ignore the man behind the curtain moment because we've seen the building facade go up, but we couldn't see inside. Yep. Now it's actually starting to look like a library in there. Like there's walls, there's floors, yeah. there's lights, there's a ceiling, and it's finally starting to look like hey, this, this might be kind of yeah. cool. This, this might become a library here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. So. It's still weird to think. Again, I say it almost every time, but weird to think that that is our building. That is our future office. I've been in so many situations where it's like these huge facilities are built and it's always for somebody else. So mm -hmm. um, pretty pretty blessed to have that. I, I know we're excited and it's been a 
long time coming now. Yeah, so. our friends at Parks got to go take a walk through the other day, and then they immediately came and found us, and they're like, oh, my gosh, yeah. have you been in your building? And we're like, yeah. Yes, <laughs> and we're going to be in it every day. Yep. It's going to be great. <laughs> so so that's just kind of the, um, the brief building update, but um, just kind of want to let you guys know, and we'll probably have more of a, a more detailed update as we approach February here uh, for Chapter 3, so just stay tuned with that, and... Um, we're just getting closer and closer day by day. So we just hope those delays go away and we get in even sooner, but mm-hmm. can't, can't make any promises, especially with COVID and delays as they are. So we'll definitely be able to reach higher with working elevators. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not hauling books up those stairs. No, I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't want to either. <laughs> so, um, next on our list is, uh, programming and events. So, um, upcoming in February here is black history month, huge month um, oh, yeah. around the world. Um, there's some upcoming programs in that. Um, there's some beanstack challenges, I believe for mm-hmm. that month. Um, and we're also doing some TikToks for the library. So did you just, either of you want to touch on some of the programs that are happening for black history month? Yeah. So we actually are working with our partners over at the American history museum. They're providing us an absolutely fabulous program about the Harlem Renaissance and like the birth of jazz. Yes. Oh gosh. If, if there's one program you must see. Definitely check in for that one. It's going to be fabulous because the African-American Museum does the best programs. And, of course, Harlem Renaissance and the jazz era is just such a key pivotal time in especially African-American black history in America. And it's it's going to be awesome. And I think we're actually doing that one in, what, the second week of February? Third week of February? I want to say February 24th. That, yeah. that might be right. For that. Yeah. I was say yep. towards the end of February. It's towards the end. Okay. Yeah. But, and it's going to be just wonderful. Yep. And I know that one, um, we have it through Eventbrite. So you do need to go in and kind of register. Yeah, and then yeah. you'll get all those Zoom details there. It's a free virtual event, um, but we definitely want you to register. You can find it on our events calendar, and you can also find it on Facebook events. Or if you just search for an Eventbrite for things happening in Marion that are, that are virtual. Yeah, it's going to be great. And then since it does fall kind of towards the end of the month, um, we are going to have a Beanstack uh, Challenge, which is our virtual platform that we do our summer library program and a lot of our reading challenges through. And this one um, has so much to offer. It's got activities that you can do online. It has extra resources. It has a reading list. So whether you want to just dip your toes and learn a little bit more or you want to dive deep and find out as much as you can during this extremely poignant educational historical moment, it's really worth jumping in. Of course, Beanstack's free to sign up. You can get to the link from our website, but it has a mobile app. It has a website and it's super easy to navigate. Plus, if you're like me, got to catch them all. (laughs) Um, It has virtual badges that you can kind of have a little reading clout as yeah. well and it's just fabulous and then we're also going to do um the tiktok videos yeah. which sam and jackie who's one of our other children's uh, librarians and myself we found some awesome recommendations for all ages so kids teens and adults um, based on either fiction and nonfiction relating to black history and I can speak for the adult ones because those are the ones I found. So yeah, definitely check those out. Yeah. <laughs> but when those videos go up on our TikTok, which I think it's just Marion Library, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to look at was I think I want to say it's Marion Public Library IA. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, of course they don't give us, the, you know, somebody's taking our username somewhere, right? It's Mar- <laughs> Oh, sorry. It's Marion IA Public Library, all lowercase. Yeah, yeah. 
And of course, if you know our branding, it's our it's our fun little M. Yep. So you'll you'll see us when you spot us. Yep. And yeah, definitely check into those because again, anything that you recommend on Book Talk is gonna just skyrocket. It is. So yeah. Be the first on the list. Yeah. Some TikToks we do, it's like the most like simple thing. Like sometimes Sue's just setting like new releases down on like a table. It's like a thousand views in a day, and I'm like, what the heck? Like <laughs> it's just kind of crazy how that social media has shifted. You know, oh, it's yeah. like you'd. You could die for a thousand engagements on Facebook. That'd be outstanding. But TikTok, it's just like you breathe and it's like, oh my gosh, so yeah, many that people have looked at this. FYP. So. Yeah. yeah. For you <laughs> pages. FYP. Good she stuff. knows it. Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. So yeah, definitely check us out on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, you've also got some doodlebugs things that are coming up. Yeah. That's our partnership with the Cedar Rapids Museum of Art. And so Miss Erin does a. Um, digital, this is again over Zoom. Yep. Um, it's a digital art class for ages like four to seven. And she puts out like all the art supplies you're going to need. A lot of times you can actually pick stuff up from the Cedar Rapids Museum of Art if you don't have something that's going to be specifically needed. And you just um, go to their Zoom link that we'll have on our website and through our Facebook events and stuff like that. And Miss Erin reads a book. She's wonderful yeah. at it, by the way. And then it's just a time for you to sit down and create. And the nice thing is that she does experiential art. It's not about the end product. Right. So sometimes it's learning about finger paint. I think they're actually going to do a Jackson Pollock type painting. Yeah. And then sometimes it's about shapes and shading and color wheels and all this kind of stuff. And I am extremely excited because sometime this spring, I can't remember which month it is, they're going to do Van Gogh. Yes. And I yeah. love Van Gogh. So you got to jump in, get signed up, go to the Facebook events and click interested so that you get reminded because yeah. they're going to be fun to do. Absolutely. I've also got Teen Discord on here. Do you want to talk about a little bit about that, Sam? Um, Sure. Teen, the Teen Discord uh, is a real little slow right now, but it is a great space for teens to really connect with each other through the library and I've been trying to put some more like book recommendations and stuff on there recently um it's really easy to uh be a part of all you have to do is go to the uh teen page on the website and the teen programming page and go down to virtual uh teen discord space I believe and sign up and we'll get you on there and there's just all sorts of spaces for you to, you know, share your writing, share your what you're geeking out about right now, yeah. and get connected with whatever library resources you want and get connected with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The big thing to remember is that the Teen Get Discord is their space. Yeah. It's theirs to share, jump in, post pet pictures, list jokes, favorite memes, what they're reading, whatever. Yeah. Sam and I are just the creepers totally. that jump on there and, and share bad jokes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if there's a Very time when you're jokes. like, oh, my gosh, look at my lizard, and you want to throw a picture of your lizard up, mm-hmm. my gosh, do I want to see a picture oh, of your yeah. lizard. Um, yeah. I prefer no pictures of owls. They freak me out. <laughs> oh, but, just yeah. a warning. Everybody post pictures of, wild of owls. owls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Surefire way to get Miss Lara off the <laughs> Yeah, But yeah, it's a space that we welcome any teens in the area. If you're just mm-hmm. looking for a space to post stuff without, yeah. you know, any kind of repercussions, you want to share it with your, your cohorts, or if you even just want to share it with Sam and I, we'd love to see it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't talk about Discord too much, but I use it almost every day. I'm a big gamer, and so oh, yeah. Discord is the space for gamers. You know, it is a community gathering point. It's private, where you just have kind of your people in there. Um, nobody can just join just to join. You know, like you have to click through a link and and go through that process. So uh, I really enjoy Discord, and it's just such a um, engaging platform too allow for people to just kind of speak their minds. So I love, love that service. As we get ready to go into that new building, that's going to be a place where we're going to be posting events, program ideas, upcoming specialties, things like that. Especially if we're getting back into Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder gaming days. Like if you want in on the good stuff, jump into discord because you're going to get to hear about it first. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. a great, great teen space for everybody to learn everything. So finally here, it's weird to say it, but to think about summer, uh, the summer library program is around the corner, it which is. I know we're like, <laughs> we're in the dead of winter. And I know that I, I would probably say, um, and you can say it on your behalf, but I think that's probably one of the most like strenuous, a lot of planning, a lot of prep that goes into that oh, yeah. kind of for the whole year. It's as, the Super Bowl for librarians. Yeah. Like that's our game day. We throw down, we get our jerseys, our <laughs> game face, sponsors, right. the whole nine yards. There's a halftime show. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> And the nice thing is that this year, our theme for the summer library program is off the beaten path. Oh, I like that. For those of us who have been stuck inside for the last two years, spread far and wide, we haven't had our building, we haven't seen all our friends, that kind of stuff. This is the chance to break out. Mm -hmm. Like, we want you to do everything that you've been wanting to do for the last two years that you couldn't do. So we're going to be doing a lot of partnerships with our parks and rec department, We're going to be highlighting a lot of their activities. We're going to be highlighting special surprise and delight programs in the library. We're going to hopefully have some sponsors with some community organizations for some prizes, all kinds of good stuff. And of course, we're in this weird flux between doing nothing and hopefully doing everything. So we're going to have a lot of stuff in that, that Beanstack summer library program, but there's going to be a lot of special stuff that's going to coincide with it. That we're hoping to just be like, hey guys, it's a beautiful day. Let's go do this. Yeah. And so it's going to be more just, are you bored? Are you ready to drop everything and just run into the wind? Off the beaten path. Here we go. Love it. So it's going to be a lot of shock and delight this summer. Yeah. I want to say um, last summer's library program started June 1st. Yep. Do you have an official start date? We or? always try to to put it right at that June 1st date. It's an easy one to remember, yep. and it's usually a great kind of unofficial start to summer. Yeah. So likely it'll be June 1st, but we'll hopefully have it up so that you can do some pre-registration in May to coincide with hopefully getting our new building ready. Yeah. Absolutely. That's perfect timing. I think just as the kids are starting to get out of school, keep them busy through the summer, definitely lots of activities. And again, between a discord space to tell you everything we got going on in the summer library program, we got lots of programming events that are just going to keep the kiddos busy, but also offering things to adults to uh, give them some pieces of entertainment at night. Oh yeah. Any, any piece of fun that we can dredge up this summer, we're going to bring it. We're tired of this drudgery. How's that for a good library word? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So is there anything else programming that you guys would like to cover? Oh gosh. Everything that we're pulling out is just kind of like, what do we want to do right now? Because we're ready to do something. So again, follow us on our social medias. We got the TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and of course our events calendar on our library webpage. That's going to be where you're going to find out first. Yep. And that's kind of how we're really getting the word out because at this point, planning is terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) So at this point, we're more like, 
you want to do something? Let's do something. Let's do yeah. something. Yeah. And right. as someone who just started not too long ago, it's, yeah, it's getting into that and trying to figure every, how everything out works and everything. So yeah. don't worry. We got a bunch of stuff up our sleeves in the future. Oh, yeah. We'll it's be coming. bringing it. It's coming. I'm nervous for the day when it's like, we're like back to like our new normal and it's like, yeah, Blaine, you ready for this? You ready for all these events? Yeah, you ready you've been to... taking it easy uh-huh. the last year. I know. And I have time to break everything. <laughs> I know. Now. I know. I'm nervous for those days, but no, we'll we'll get into it. At least I know a lot more about libraries now than I did when I first started. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. I knew more about storms and emergency response <laughs> than I did about libraries six months into my job. So. Yeah. Here we are. Those of us who have had to do closed captioning on our digital videos and stuff yeah. know that every closed captioning software thinks that the word derecho is Dorito. <laughs> so. Iowa, Iowa was demolished by a gigantic <laughs> corn snack. Ah. So, yeah, hopefully we don't ever have to learn any more special words. That's one brand for Iowa corn. <laughs> yeah, corn it really is. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you guys so much for the programming events update. I know oh, yeah. everybody really appreciates that. And I know you guys were going to bring a lot more depth today than I ever have in talking about that. And that's why we want you guys to keep coming on the podcast. Awesome. But we talked about all these things. And now is my favorite time of the show. Our renowned trivia game. And Sue is not here to put her head down. So I'm really stinking excited because she's always like, you ask me geography questions and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to go 0 for 6. I can tell you what. I've got high hopes for Laura and Sam today. I'm hoping they go 6 of 6. Not with geography. Oh, boy. Bring it. Bring it. Laura's, Laura said she's good with just like random questions. And that's what I do. Today is kind of, you know, sometimes it's library. Sometimes it's um, New Year's focus, kind of like I did with Sue. But this is just like random family trivia. So if it's family, I think you guys got it. If I was in your seat, I probably don't got it. But that's okay. <laughs> go big um, or go home. If you guys uh, are for some reason still new, and I'm itching my head when I say that, uh, if if they are to get the answer correct, you should hear this. I like to call it little sparkles. Ooh, very Disney magic. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, and it's not like you should ever hear this today, but if they were for some reason to get it wrong, you're going to hear this sound. Okay? Sounds like my internal dialogue most days. (laughs) Yeah. I think Sue makes that kind of just mouth noise quite a bit. She'll just be working and she'll go, what's wrong now? Exactly. So, okay, let's kick it off with number one. Uh, Somewhat of a geography question, but let's see. The first question is, which country gifted the United States the Statue of Liberty? I want to ding in. You can ding. Ding. It was definitely France. It was France. Now, let's just say for bonus points, do you remember which year it was handed back to the United States? Oh, no. (laughs) 19-something. Laura? Gosh, I have no clue. That's okay. Uh, 1885. No, not 19. I was, no. Hey, you know, there was a question in the last uh, chapter where I think the answer was 1 billion and Sue guessed 2 billion and I gave it to her. Okay, so a billion off and uh, yeah. Uh Ooh, fun random fact. Mm -hmm. There's a Statue of Liberty that is the um, miniature on the backside of Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Really? Yeah, because Cedar Rapids has our... Um, island capital. Mm-hmm. Paris is the only other capital city in the cities that has one of those. Wow. And so they have their Statue of Liberty on Look their at this. island. See, Laura's just bringing more facts you want than Laura I for know. your general trivia. <laughs> Apparently, I guess. That's right. I know be afraid, will. Sue. Be afraid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she is. She's like, I'm never coming back on that thing. <laughs> no. Okay, question two. You're one of one. Question two is what do you call a baby goat? A kid? Yeah. Wow, you guys are good. <laughs> 
You guys know your stuff. I don't think I would have got that. When we talk about like... being kid programmers, it's because we really just want to work with farm animals. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe we, we have a terrace in the new building. Maybe we could get some farm animals oh, out yeah. there. A few yeah. hay bales in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. We're good to go. We can handle the... children. We can handle kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you watch the Rugrats movie, honestly, that's where I remember that from. There you go. I definitely have watched the Rugrats movie, but I'm just not smart enough to remember that a baby goat is a kid. There's just a scene where they're like, oh, there's a kid in here. And they're like, the kids are in there? And they're like, no, it's a goat. <laughs> <laughs> I think that tells us something generation generationally that all of our trivia knowledge comes from Nickelodeon. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Nickelodeon was like way, like oh, they, yeah. they put everything in there for the adults as well as the children. Yeah, that's yep. true. For those poor parents. That's true. <laughs> okay, you're two of two. Question three is what movie has made the most money of all time? What movie? Oh, man. Uh -huh. There's a few that are up there, but this one is the top. I'm going to say Avatar. You're right. Yeah, that was my thought. I was like, right. I know that Avatar beat Titanic, yeah. which was also by James Cameron. I, I think, was really uh, struggling. It was either Avatar or Harry Potter. I think number two was actually Avengers Endgame. Oh, that makes like, sense. I think, I want to say Avatar was like 2.78 billion and Endgame was like 2.74 billion or something like that. So they were close, but <laughs> Avatar is, and I think they're actually working on another one. I think Probably. Yeah, on I think James Cameron's been working on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, look at you guys. Three of three. Okay. I usually just say 50% is great. So, if you get the rest wrong, you still did decent today. Uh -huh. This is another geography question. And I think that's it for geography. Which, uh, which, no, what is the smallest country in the world? Okay. This might be completely shot in the dark. Is it Vatican City? That's correct. I love, ah! I love how you don't look at Sam to be like, do you think that's right? Do you think? You're just like Vatican City. I know it. <laughs> that's great. I knew that it's like the smallest municipality, yes. but I didn't know if it qualified as a country or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're correct. Next time I do general trivia, you're coming with me. <laughs> so, Laura, are you the one at like family like trivia nights where people are like, nope, we're not doing trivia tonight. My family she... hates trivia. Oh, I'm sure. And when they do family trivia at like holidays and stuff like that, my nieces and nephews will fight over who gets to be on my team. I it's bet. Fabulous. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> my yeah. siblings hate it. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible. At I love asking the questions. I can facilitate, but I'm terrible at it. My wife is phenomenal. And I'm just like, this is boring. Because here's <laughs> like, you're moving the dice and all the things. And it's like, you're at the end. And I haven't even moved off the starting board. It's like free. And I still oh, can't yeah. get through. So. I know. I love trivia. Yeah. <laughs> it is fun. It is fun kind of learning all these interesting facts. So. I love trivia. I'm just not always great at general trivia. <laughs> That's the same. If yeah. you want a really fun Google lookup, look up the police uniform for Vatican City. Mm. I don't think I could ever take them seriously if I was breaking the law. They yeah. wear like pom-poms on their shoes. It's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, you guys are four of four. I was hoping this, like these next two would be kind of the stumpers. So I did Ooh. kind of save the hardest for last, but we'll see. Bring it on. You guys know your random trivia. So who named the Pacific Ocean? Oh, the eyes lit up like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Vespucci. Sam, any any counter? I met a Vespucci. No, I don't. <laughs> Sounds like a pasta. <laughs> <laughs> that is incorrect. Uh, Bernadette Magellan. Of course one. he did. Yeah, of course. God, Bernadette. <sighs> yeah, he named the Pacific Ocean. Why couldn't he have just named something after himself? Yeah. Right? Well, to be fair, I don't know if I could spell the Ferdinand Ocean. True. Magellan, Magellan would be harder. <laughs> yeah, might be. That's true. All right, I guess we'll That's okay. We'll, we'll take one defeat. Four of five, four or five, five of six would just be a solid way to go out. Oh yeah. You could go back and be like, Sue, 
you're done. Yeah. Your, your job's done. I, I feel the need to make myself a tiara soon. <laughs> we got craft supplies. <laughs> yeah. yes, I'll put do. googly eyes on it. That'll be on brand right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, googly eyes. That is a brand thing oh, for yeah. us, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. People don't really know that. That's like a dark hidden <laughs> secret of the library. Beware the googly eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this final question is in honor of the upcoming holiday, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Since this holiday is coming up, which monarch officially named Valentine's Day a holiday in 1537? Ooh, that's a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, uh, I I'm going to say... I can give you a hint. Oh, sure, go ahead. It. Yeah. I can give you a hint. You can you can discuss mm-hmm. with each other. This was... Um, I don't know if corrupt is the right word, but um, one of the most rude kings of our time. Ooh, rude. Think it was King Henry? I have no idea. Henry VIII? He probably had a lot of Valentine's gifts for all those wives. <laughs> I'm sure that he was probably like, oh, <laughs> what What should we do? Chocolates, roses, the guillotine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with King Henry Tudor. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. King Henry VIII, you know? What a gem in our, in our <laughs> worldly times, huh? By the way, if you like that era, we got tons of fiction books about him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, fun fact, Lauren was my wife. She was uh, a history major. So oh, yeah, yeah. Um, occasionally I'm at home and she shares history memes with me. And most of the time I know what we're talking about. Sometimes I have to look them up because I'm like, I don't understand. But then I do read it and I'm like, okay, that's actually pretty funny. Oh, so, yeah. my, my undergrad is American, is like American history and American studies. Yeah. So I didn't get very far into the global. I, I love British history because it makes me feel normal. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I'd be like, oh, man, I don't, I forgot how to pick up something for groceries. No, like the Brits were screwing things up left and right, and they did it fabulously. Yeah. Like, they, they definitely made history a little more interesting for me. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you for playing trivia. You were five of six, which is outstanding. I don't, I couldn't tell you if it's the best score out of, uh, this is like <laughs> chapter nine or ten total um, of what we've had, so it might be the best score. So kudos to you. I, I, I thought I, do I have applause? Oh. No, that's not applause. <laughs> Sorry, that's uh, is it here? Oh, there's your applause. Yep. Absolutely. Good job. Good job, guys. Mostly for Lara, who did four and I did one. <laughs> that's okay. Team participation. Oh yeah. All yeah. we had to do was beat Sue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, did you know the goat answer? As a kid. Greatest of all time. No. <laughs> yes, that's you, Lara. Greatest of all time. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know kids. See, like I, I would have got that one wrong for sure. So, being an Iowa kid, I think we all know the names of baby animals probably better than we're supposed to be. That's true. That's true. So, Mm -hmm. awesome. Well, is there anything else you guys want to chat about? Just um, upcoming things, or just anything in general? Doesn't have to be library related. Just how everything's going. Shout out to the programming team. We're actually now available at the Uptown branch. So, if you're coming in to pick up books, definitely come and find us because we would love to chat with you about. The books that we love, programs that are coming up, and maybe even about googly eyes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And we also have some new team members. Yeah. Uh, yes! Becca started today, and she's going to be Children and Family Services. And the other teen person, Sydney, she's starting next month. Yes, so you're going to get to see lots of new faces when we open this building, especially for the Summer Library Program. Yeah. And so come say hi, chit-chat with us. 
we're happy to have these new people on board because we we tested them out there. Also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you guys are finally back to like basically staff. a full team. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, which is incredible and much needed going into the new library. There, I don't think there was any way. I think it would have been a lot on the three of you at that time to be like, oh, well, yeah. well, let's open the new library and figure everything out. So having <laughs> a having a full staff and. Um, that's really important and yeah. we're all excited about that. Yeah, we're definitely gonna hit the ground running in that new building and we're gonna try everything. Yeah. So if you wanna be there to watch Sam and I try to blow up the makerspace or <laughs> me try to epically fail <laughs> epically fail at game days, I'm all for it. Bring yeah. it on. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And you, br you bring up a good point um, um, with you guys being at Uptown now. The If you guys aren't aware, our tech station space out at the Knights of Columbus here in Marion, that's closed. Um, we're trying to get the team back together. Uh, I was joking with Jackie just the other week that it was like the first time I had worked in the same building as a programmer since the derecho for like a full day. I, like I get we've had staff training and this and that, but like it's not been like work, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of crazy to think that it's been that long since... Everything has occurred. So I'm definitely, I know we're all ready to get under one roof. We've talked about it long enough. And so um, February is coming soon here where we can kind of finally step in and say we own the thing. And then um, in the coming months, we're opening after that. Yeah, so. we're starting to circle the wagons and soon Blaine won't be able to escape. <laughs> it's true. It's <laughs> true. None of them will. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because our offices are pretty much right next to each other or mm -hmm. where, our, where our desks are located. But at the same time, I feel like you guys are just going to be running like up and down with all the programs going on. I mean, the children's area is down on that first floor, teen and, um, and an adult is up on the second floor. But I think you guys are... I don't know how much you're going to be at your desk unless it's for like a mandatory meeting. Yeah, probably so, not much. We're yeah. going to be neck deep in as much shenanigans as we yeah. can possibly do. So yeah. I'm going to be tucked in my little cove up there and I'm going to hear blind. Yeah, we're just going to start shooting paper airplanes at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> throwing yeah, we, paper clips over I was the cubicles. Say, <laughs> we are in throwing range of each other's desks. So oh, yeah. Oh, some yeah. stuff could happen. And I got pretty sure. good aim. Uh huh. Especially <laughs> with googly eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to quickly figure out which kind of music you guys like, because usually I'm playing like music at my desk. So Kimberly's got her like signature. She has like the laptop with like a fun scenery that's mm -hmm. just continually going throughout the day and some soft music. And mine is just, I got to have some music going to kind of keep me rolling through the day. <laughs> Sam so. and I are going to be like throw down Disney and Hamilton soundtrack. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm all about it. <laughs> we yeah. need something we can sing along to. If you guys to. need like a Tarzan soundtrack some morning to just get you rolling. Bill Collins, I'm on baby. It. He did I'm not have it. to go that hard, did he? <laughs> <laughs> Phil Collins was the goat we needed. Oh, <laughs> Phil Collins is great. I love that guy. I claim Tarzan to be the greatest Disney movie of all time, and people will argue about that. But yes. I, as a child, and still now, I'll watch it any day, anytime you ask. So, yeah, my favorite is a goofy movie. So, oh yes, that oh, soundtrack yes. also slaps. <laughs> <laughs> Powerline might have been my first animated crush. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. So Good definitely stuff. come see us in the new library because we're we're ready to geek out with you. Yep. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, Laura, Sam, thank you guys so much for joining me today on the Next Chapter podcast. This was fun. We're definitely going to do it again and have uh, you guys back on. We'll also continue to get uh, more new voices here in the library on the podcast. Um, but as always, anything we talked about today, whether it's book related or programs and events, head to our website, marionpubliclibrary.org. You can check it all out there. Uh, that's it for me. Thank you guys for listening to chapter two. Again, thanks, Laura and Sam. I hope you guys enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Blaine. And thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys in chapter three. On the next chapter. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.